0: Welcome to Let's Think On It, the following podcast on race relations and brain bias was originally recorded in 2016 and released in four parts. It's been combined to a one-hour listen uh, and being re-released in 2020 as a foundational listen for other podcasts that are going to follow on the same topic. Thanks for listening.
1: This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. We are here in the studio, thankfully, for this talk, uh, it's not a good thing for a remote these talks no. with Doctor Westfall. We tried that once. um This one's kind of serious. It's the beginning of I a. Think so. We'll do a two or three part series on this at least.
0: Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, but of course, we're going to try to make it human, and, and I won't say light, but we're going to make it um you know engaging. It won't be over the top serious, but yeah, well, it's, it's a very
1: very important topic. Let's absolutely, put it that way. and so just to tell you about what it is, I mean. We're going to be talking about kind of the division that people are seeing in the country, as far as with race relations and uh, between religions and the police and the communities, and that that's the overall theme, correct? Overall theme. Yeah. Okay. And when I will say that for tonight, we're just introducing the theme, uh, and we do have four white guys here, and we've we're, all kind of we're not very diverse. Yeah, we've no. all kind of pointed that out. Now, granted, I think we are very open-minded. Like, of course we are. Of thinking. course we
0: would think that. Yeah, of course
1: we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we all have taken a test that kind of
0: shows how your subconscious mind thinks, right? Was that so? The, you're referring to the Implicit Association Test, and I know you've already mentioned it pr- previously in the show. Yep. So we're going to talk about that uh, and what that actually um, kind of indicates. Great,
1: and uh, actually, unpaid intern Seth, who's here, has also taken the test. I have. So, right go, unpaid out.
0: intern Seth. I'm impressed. You've done your homework. Yes, I have,
1: without even
2: knowing. Without anyone even telling him to do it, he did it.
1: Impressive. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to really talk about that in a bit and kind of what that means. And Reed and I were both kind of shocked at the results that we got from that. I don't know if you know what he got. I did Uh, not know what he got.
2: I'm going to tell you the truth. I was actually not at all shocked by my results. I was extremely shocked by Will's results. (laughs) Are we going to go ahead and jump into that now, or do we want to?
0: We'll hold off a second. Yeah, no, that's when we come back at 8 o'clock. Yeah, 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 we'll talk about that. Yeah, what I, what I want to start off with, actually, we got just a few minutes before we take a break, is is let's define the topic for a second. Let's okay. de- I like to start with the basics. I mean, I, I like to start with looking up the definition of the title. So what is a race?
2: That's a great question. And people actually make mistakes about this all the well, time.
0: I, when I looked it up, I understand why. Yeah.
1: a
2: lot not- of people think Hispanic is a race. It's not. That's a culture. It's not a race. Okay. Well, I'm um, Seth.
1: Isn't every time, though, you, like – what does it say when you when you fill out? Even for this IAT test I took the day, you had to fill out, and it said race it was like Hispanic or no, non-Hispanic. No, because right?
2: it asked you what your race was, and then it asks you which of these is true about you: Are you Hispanic or non-Hispanic? Okay. So, for example, you can be Caucasian, you can be white, white Hispanic, you can be black Hispanic. You know, if you think about uh, different parts of the world where Hispanic people live, there's not. And, of course, I guess normally we associate race with skin color primarily,
1: it, but yeah. It's but also, like yeah, Jew. Do we Jewish consider? A, I mean, they Jewish are the, as a race. So right. I don't know.
0: I, I don't know the answer to the so question. Yeah, you're the youngest, I, maybe you, maybe the most uh, knowledgeable, coming more frequent more recently out of the educational system. What what is race? Well, to be honest with you,
3: um, I actually listened to a uh, radio Lab. Sorry to uh, uh, <laughs> talk radio about Lab. another right. station, it's but uh, favorite, yeah. but I listened to a radio web recently about this um, that you should all check out, um, and it had a lot of interesting stuff to say. Um, and primarily, that people really uh, don't know what when they're asked this question. That was the primary source of our topic of this of the show was that they don't really know what race is. But you when you, you know it when you see it, you know. Well, so it's I, like I, obscenity. Exactly, <clears throat> you know it when you see it. <laughs> you know it. it when you see it. That's
0: right. So you know, there's really. I'm not. It's not like I have the answer. There's there's no scientific agreeable definition of what race is. I mean, it, it typically. Um, is a categorization categorization based on physical characteristics, but then we talk about ethnicity, and that's typically a categorization based on culture, right? Religion, behavior, and so you know. As I was looking through that, I it, it I mean I love doing these these uh, shows because it makes me go do some learning myself, you know. And so it's not like I'm a race expert. I mean, I'm not I'm not a uh, I don't do um, you know, cultural competence type of training in my spare time. But I do feel like I am a human behavior expert, obviously, being a psychiatrist. Sure. That's what I do. And so to me, the best way to conceive of this whole concept, this topic we're talking about, I'm trying to figure out what is the title of our next three three shows, a series, and you're like, "What what is our title? And it's really race is a group. Yeah. It's a group. And typically identified maybe by physical characteristics. Ethnicity is another group. Typically characterized by behavior or social uh, norms, or you know, you can within the same country you can have two religious factions, like in Iraq, and they're different ethnic ethnic groups. Sure, and one will try to clean the other out, right? So they may look exactly alike on a computer screen, but they're completely different people. They belong to different groups. Yeah, you know, generally when you
1: put a word and a noun. Uh, into like dictionary.com or Google, it gives you, you know, one and then one definition, and then the alternate uh, definition. There are eight main definitions for just the type of race we're talking about. Not, not like, even a, like not not other races. types of races. Not like so a running race right. or whatever. Yeah. For
0: this type of race, there are eight main yeah. def- different
1: definitions. How about
0: that? Yeah. So, I mean, really, what when you look at it biologically, we, as humans, the human race, we share 99.9% of the same DNA. There's really very little difference. There right. are some physical differences, but even that's getting blended as we're starting to, sure. you know, cross uh, shores and and blend marriages. I mean, that's it's, we're, we're going to be a, it's one blended race. It is wild to see. There's this thing that takes yearbook
1: photos from like 1950 something to now, and it from across the country, United States, and it makes the what the average face of the yearbook student looks oh, like. Oh, interesting! And it has changed. I mean, yeah, it sure. has significantly changed. Wow. Over, yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah.
0: No question. So if we conceptualize races or ethnicities or this whole topic we're talking about as groups, even even cops versus criminals, I mean, they're groups mm-hmm. of people. And you know, we've had conversation previously on previous shows about group dynamics, and we talked about that with politics, and we had Democrats and Republicans were different groups, and how groups in general have a general trend of how they behave, right? Yeah. And they tend to form opposing groups with other groups, right?
2: And there's there's science to back up the fact that people are kind of hardwired to try to to try to identify what their group is and to think badly of of groups outside of that.
0: Well, yeah, we're yeah. hardwired certainly to find a group because it's, you know, for 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 survival of the yeah. species, you want to hang t- tightly to the group that's safest yeah. with you. So certainly genetically there's a, a survival skill of of connecting with a group and staying with a group. So you're exactly right. And that's been studied for, you know, for decades on, on, you know, what drives that, especially after the events of World War II. A lot of social psychology research went in to look at groups and what drives one group to hate another and those kind of things. And so a lot of social, you know, psychological research on it, but we're still learning. And so I really want to just kind of start with this whole reconceptualize, you know, that racism is really groupism, and yes. it's really normal. Yes. Now, listen to the whole show, those of you who just said, what did he say? Racism's normal? Okay, I'm not saying it's okay to be a, quote, racist, but I'm saying that discriminating between different groups is a part of your normal brain biology. And before we go too far, later in the show, we're going to talk about a TED Talk by Verne Myers, who's an African-American um Speaker, who's an attorney, uh, great TED talk I looked at, and she talks about this. So I'm not speaking from the four white guys in a room saying racist is racist. She does cultural sensitivity training. That's that's what she does. She is a cultural sensitivity trainer, and she says, "Hey, look, biases are the norm, and the first step we have to do is acknowledge that. Yeah, we can't. We can't make." Advances in our relationships with other groups if we don't first acknowledge that we have some biases. And, you know,
2: we've talked on this show before when we've had you on about the book Nurture Shock, and there's a fantastic Mm -hmm. chapter in Nurture Shock that talks all about how people have the heebie-jeebies when they think about race, and as a result, a lot of people don't want to talk to their children about race. And what they are failing to understand is that left to our own devices, people, will once again, will naturally look for divisions and then set up ridiculous thoughts based on those divisions unless you teach them that race is not a valid divider. Right. It's so interesting exactly. because
1: even today, I mean, people have always said, it, but even today heard someone say, no one's born racist. You have to be taught. No. Be I
0: know, but that's yeah. like a very common theme. Yes, It's a very and common And it's theme. Well, completely well, wrong. Well, the way I think of it is, is I don't think we're born... This is my personal opinion, not scientific fact. I don't think we're born with inherent biases against any I agree with that. I think we're born with a neural network that is arranged to begin grouping things you come across and develop a bias. Because the first food you come across is either good or bad. Mm -hmm. And you put it in a group. And so – as humans we group everything everything we do is grouped and so that's because that's the way our brain works our brain works by putting things in categories and so i don't think we're born with a bias against a certain facial structure or a certain animal although some people would say you know there was some study in the 70s seligman did some studies on on that that we were actually born with some predisposed um fears of like spiders snakes angry male faces and so there was a lot of social research i mean social psychology research on that that's there's been some criticism of that it's still not proven or disproven yeah um but it was that there was this genetic material handed down that that if we innately fear some certain things then we might be more likely to survive but i think i think we're more born with the propensity to develop that from the moment we open our eyes we start Taking in information and sorting it out into what is good, what's not good, and we develop biases from the beginning. So, anyway. This is probably going to end up being one of my favorite topics. We What did
1: we decide we're going we're gonna to say I don't about think we've this? We haven't come up with a
0: name yet. We're going to have to name it by the end. Okay. Uh, it's yeah, race relations, but really, we don't, we're not even sure what the definition of race is. So, I, I'm leaning towards um, brain bias. I like that. So, I know, was gonna know, brain suggest, bias
1: and then, like, over and pr- like, race. I was <laughs> <Yeah>. going to suggest
2: <laughs> race to the dot, 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 wait, where are we going here? <laughs> that's what I was going to suggest.
1: It's easy to search. Sure. Very searchable. Um, and you can search these because after the fact, they are put on iTunes under a podcast called Let's Think on It. So whenever we do a segment with Dr. Mark Westfall, that's where you can find it. It's the only thing from O Brother that's actually podcasted. All right. And if people want to reach us tonight to interact, how do they do that? Absolutely. At Lock Me Brothers on Twitter. We see that immediately. So if you have any questions or input here, you can do that, and we will read that on the air. Yeah, and we love that. Absolutely. And if you have a long-form <coughs> question, you can email it to LockMeBrothers at gmail.com. And we can, if we get it tonight, we will address it tonight. If not, we will address it next time Dr. Westfall is here. Nice. Yep. So where do we go from here?
0: Well, so we've got this concept that, okay, we – Acknowledge that we group ourselves. That's just human nature. We, we pair off in groups. Whether it's, um, you know, you guys work for the SEC network, right? Yeah. How do you feel about the Mountain West?
1: I can't stand them. There you go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> do you actually know anybody in the Mountain West? No. There no. you go. I don't. Pay Listen, I don't even acknowledge the Mountain West. I mean, I could have said Alabama, Auburn, but I know you don't like to pick sides, so I p- right. picked SEC. I think I figured out. How to, right. That's a had a clue them with you guys. <laughs> so, so I mean, it's, it's it's the same thing. It's a group of people who have similar beliefs and like being around each other, and you know, and the the out group is by definition not included. And what happens with humans when we pair off in groups is that groups begin to become opposed. And you, I think. um you were, t- read. you were telling something about uh, a kindergarten study that Yeah, happened. when we
2: talked about the chapter in Nurture Shock, which once again, boy, if people are listening to this podcast or this radio show right now and find this sort of thing interesting, I highly recommend picking up a copy of Nurture Shock. Every single chapter is fascinating. It looks at child psychology in the last 20 to 30 years, social science, and, and it basically says like, hey, the way you've been parenting is completely wrong. <laughs> um, and there's one chapter about race, and... The study they cited in that chapter was basically a kindergarten class or something along those lines where they give half the kids red shirts and half the kids blue shirts. And when they touch base with them sometime after to say, like, hey, red kid, you know, red shirt kid, what do you think of people who wear blue shirts? and they just had horrible things to say about those kids for no reason other than that, that kid had randomly been given a blue shirt. Yeah. Um, so we look for dividers like we said earlier before yeah. the break and then we latch onto those and form ridiculous opinions. Right.
0: When yeah. you yeah, when you when you form a group, you begin to look at other groups and you become polarized.
2: And you have to be specifically taught not to do that. And so people don't want to talk about race and that's a problem. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: You ha- you have to desensitize yourself from your natural biological biases that form through your development. And so like the test we're talking about, the implicit association test, um, You know, they gave that, and we'll talk in more detail about what that is here in a second, I guess, but essentially they gave it to 6-year-olds, 10-year-olds, and adults. And even at 6, there were biases already in place. And again, at 10, they were in place. The only difference in, in as adults, they were obviously in place. The, what changed was the person's self-report of whether or not they had a bias. Mm-hmm. So at six years old and 10 years old, they reported they had a bias, and sure enough, it showed up on the test. As adults, they reported not having a bias, but the bias showed up on the test. So somewhere along the line, people learned that, you know what, I really shouldn't be having this bias that I have. Right. And so sometimes people feel like, well, I should pretend like I don't have a bias at all. But the reality is, is you have one. So let's talk about the test a minute. I guess so. The implicit association test is is something I um, I got it from the Vernay uh, Meyer. Uh, she TED did talk. mention that. That's she right. She mentioned that, and yeah. it, so I started looking into it. And this thing is, uh, was uh, started at Harvard, and and I think another was it uh,
2: Washington, perhaps maybe in Washington University. Yeah,
0: but. Um, you know, it's it's a very well researched, it came out in the like ninety-eight to two thousand era. So it's it's been around for a number of years now, been used for a lot of different things. It's been
2: taken millions of times.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the internet. Is large sample. For size. psychology, for social psychology, you just put something on the internet and you can get a random sample. Now I guess it's not too random because people have a computer, but you can get samples from all over the world and, and test them. So it's kind of fascinating. Yeah. But essentially for the listener, the way the test works, briefly, is it's really simple. You have two categories, one on the left of the screen, one on the right of the screen. We'll call it, um, for starters, they they, ca- they have a, um, African and European as the two categories. And then, so you're watching the screen. You have your left hand compress a button for the left side. Right hand presses a button for the right side. They show a face. You click European or African. It's your only job. There's a right and a wrong answer. Yeah. You click right or left. You're supposed to do it quickly, so this is like an impulse, not like, Stop and study. If you study too long, it goes away. So you got to be quick. So it's it's your your first impulse. What is his face? And so that's how it starts. And you put it in a category. It's almost, pretty
1: easy. Almost like a video game.
0: Almost like a video yeah. game. I mean, it really, it's kind of fun a, to take. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So then after that, then they they um, put categories of good and bad, and they bring up a word. So uh, like horror would be bad, and cheerful Laugh. yeah, laughter would be good. So, yeah, so then these you, are
2: not judgment calls. Once again, there's a right, a right and a, a wrong answer. A, no.
0: a positive word and a negative And they'll word. tell Clearly. you if you get it wrong, too. And they'll tell you if right. you get it wrong. No. So you're going through that kind of quickly, okay? So then they double down on you, okay? So you've got good and African, bad and European, and then they bring either a face or a word, and you put the African face to good or the good word to good, or you put the European face to European or the bad word to Bad. And, and this, this is to, where be, to be clear: there's yeah. African and good now are on the
1: same side, same side. at the same, same time. At the same time, and right then now.
0: European and bad are on the same right. side. And at the so, same time. so it's two categories now on the left and two categories on the right. Yeah. And then they swap it. They do you know European and bad and African and good, and you see how you do that. And so, what they're doing is they're timing how quickly you make the decision, and how many mistakes you make. And so, based on a subtle pause. Like, mm, is that category good or bad? So what they're doing is essentially negative associations. Uh, if you put uh, an error, the European or the African, on the negative side when he's supposed to be on the positive side, then it's an implicit error that you may have an initial association of bad, and then you have to think a second to, to flop it. it to good. Yeah. So anyway. If you take the test, and it becomes self-explanatory. It's really simple, and it it really – does I, I liked the test because it really does when you're taking it you can feel this kind of impulse, you can see what they're trying to get you to do, and even though you're you know what the game is, there's a subtle nanosecond pause and if you pause enough, then you make an error. So at the end of the test then they say, okay, you have either no bias, which means you're the same speed no matter what categories were up, or you have a slight Moderate or very strong bias against whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be race. They could put uh, insects and, you know, um, uh, whatever, you know, words. I mean, it doesn't, any category. You can compare any two things. You could put Auburn and Alabama up there. And having no automatic preference is almost unheard of, right? From what Reed said he had done some study on this and read about it, and like almost everybody comes up with. So when when it boils down to race, exactly right, Will, that's exactly right. When it boils down to race, 70 to 80% of whites had a preference of some sort to white. In other words, they had a bias towards white. Fifty percent of African Americans had a bias towards whites. You would think it would be the other yeah. So and that's what Renee Myers was talking about. She said, you know, we we all, how'd she put it? She said, we were all outside when the contamination fell down. In other words, everybody's affected everybody's affected because We're all brought up that there's dangers lurking in certain parts of of the racial structure. And so both sides have biases. Now, theirs was less than whites, which you'd expect. Um, So anyway, so we all – I saw the test, and I said, hey, guys, why don't you take the test before the show? It would be kind of fun to, you know, talk about our score. So – that brings us to our scores. Yeah, which I sent mine to
1: you. I didn't know it wasn't supposed to It was. Reed said,
0: oh, no, I can't believe you did that.
1: Uh, but <laughs> Reed then admitted what his was. But I'll go ahead and say, so mine actually was no automatic preference between European and, and African. African. And, I, right?
2: and naturally, I won't will to take it again. Um, <laughs> but,
1: I mean, I don't know. I followed the instructions. I took it. Of course, I honestly feel but in the questionnaire at the end is much longer than the test itself, as far as I take the time it takes. And I was very honest during that about like, here's exactly how I feel about things and whatever. And I don't feel like I'm a racist person, but I do obviously realize I'm human and have, you know, slight biases here and there, but I took it as honestly as I could and as well as I could. And that's what it came out. Read. Well, completely shocked.
2: Here's what I would like to say about this. Um, Last summer, I read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, and there's a chapter in which he discusses the IAT at great length. The test we're talking about. Yeah, and so as soon as I opened the test, I was like, oh, this is that thing from the Gladwell book, and I knew exactly what it was, and I knew exactly what he had said about it, which is what we just discussed, that almost everyone turns out to have a A bias, bias. and I think he did, And, and he talked at great length in the book about how... Some people can, with great practice, can get their score to you know, their bias level to go down, but sure, it takes it's like a video game. yeah you, but it takes you, you a, can become proficient. you know, and and I, he talked about how you'd have to sit around and think for like twenty minutes before about like black people are great, and you know, all these kinds of things to get your brain to kind of smooth right, it out, right? Okay. I just
1: think black people are great. Yeah, well,
2: here's the thing. So I took the <laughs> IAT and I was like, oh, I know the deal. I mean, and had read a lot about it. I was like, I'm gonna work really hard on you know being like super neutral, and finished it, and it said, and I quote, "Your data suggests a strong automatic preference for <laughs> European American compared to African American."
1: Here's here's my theory on yeah. this, to be honest, because uh, Reed and I I think pretty much feel the exact same about you mm-hmm. know other races mm-hmm. and stuff like that.
0: Uh, Reed doesn't do video games very well. No, neither do I. Neither (laughs) one of us. (laughs)
1: Neither one of us play video games. Here's the difference, though. I went into this not knowing what the test was or how it was going to be conducted. I hadn't Mm -hmm. thought about Mm -hmm. it. I wasn't Mm -hmm. nervous about. it. I was like, Oh,
0: what is this? Here we go. And I just did it. Reed had read about it. I just asked you guys to do this like yesterday, right? mean It was like last minute, so there was no prep time at all for those listening. I mean, it was like, hey. Go yeah. take
1: this, can I? Reed had read about it previously. He knew about it. It made him nervous. Of oh, geez, I'm gonna whatever. It's much like when, over when, the It's test. much like when the you know he uh, Reed being a person who exercises. When the nurse told him that his blood pressure was really high, then all of a sudden he couldn't sleep because he felt like he could feel his blood running through his veins. Right. I think that's <laughs> honestly probably what happened here. Is that. Anxiety. I just came in with zero anxiety and just like, nope, dun, 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 here we go, and Reed
3: was anxious. Seth, what did you score? Then? Sure. So I actually uh, was not uh, assigned the homework. So I took this test about six months ago, um, and I, I really remember my experience with this test because I went in just like both of you thinking, you know, I have no bias. I w- was raised right. Um, you know, equality I'm not is, a racist. Right, equality is something that's really important to me. Yeah. And, and you take this test, and and I, I got a, a moderate bias toward yep. European Americans, and I immediately said this test is is flawed. This this surely this <laughs> isn't right. Um, and I sent them an email like you know you gave me the you gave me the white people first, and then you gave me the African Americans <laughs> later,
0: which by the way is done randomly. Right, they, yeah. they flip flop it randomly. But go ahead. Yeah. Um. And and
3: I was pretty upset about it. And then I went and watched. I don't think it was this TED Talk, but I watched some stuff and and really uh, started to change my opinion about. Uh, about this kind of thing. Like, you know, every everyone has some sort of bias, and it's really important to be cognizant of that bias because there's no way you can become, you can, you know, deflate that bias without being cognizant of it. Now, and I know nice. we're up
2: against a break, but I do have a few other thoughts, uh, maybe on the other side, I'd like to discuss about this because... Go, I, ahead. Go ahead. Okay, well, one thing I would like to say, and, and as much as I like Will's interpretation of my results, um, you know, One of the things I read about after I took the test, even though I was not surprised by my results, because once again, i had been set up by Gladwell to think, yeah, you know, that's probably going to be in there somewhere. But one of the things I ran across was that um, perhaps one way in which you can get not a false positive. Um, And I'm not trying to like make excuses for myself, but um, one of the things that could potentially contribute to you scoring, for example, the way I do is if you have spent a lot of time thinking, for example, about the plight of black people, for example, in our country and the, the types of things that people and, you know, all that weighs. In your mind when you are going through and thinking about it, you know, not so much that you believe those things that, you know, black people are bad or should be associated mm-hmm. with badness. But the fact that, you know, like, man, there's a raw deal going on, um, you know.
0: I, I, I think there's some validity in that. And there I think could be. probably, I think there could yeah. be. I mean, I think that's and also even in the African-American population that took it. I don't think they have an inherent bias against their own race. Right. I think it's that it's an association that's in that it's in their implicit association test. Yeah there is an association in our culture right. especially with young black males that there's trouble yeah. i mean there is an association with that and throughout race right. regardless of your race and yeah. so
2: and that's telling it, either way whether you value that association or whether you just recognize like there's a problem agreed here. agreed
0: yeah. so I, I agree there it's and i think that's what's the beauty of the test is it shows that there is a bias not that it, it is not the implicit Racist test. Right. It's the implicit association yeah. test. What do you associate with this X, Y, yeah. Z? Um, and so it's what you associate with it. So we have some work to do to change the association. That's right. I think that's the take home message. And
2: I hope test. we'll talk more about the TED talk after the break because yeah, sure. there's right. so, so many great points yeah. there
0: about that.
1: A very quick break we're going to take, not even playing a song. So uh, don't go anywhere. I also suggest that you go and Google IAT test. The first result that comes up is the link to take the test. And it's, again, not just about race. You can take all kinds of different IAT tests. And I suggest you do that. And then let us know. Tweet at us and let us know how how you scored because I'm interested to see. It takes about, what, 10
3: minutes? Yeah.
1: 10 minutes or so. I mean, definitely the
3: test itself is probably only five or something. And then maybe the questionnaire afterwards. But sit down and make sure you're paying attention to it. Don't have Facebook open.
1: You must be
2: uh, undivided attention.
1: We're hanging out with Dr. Mark Westfall. And we are talking, um, let's see, uh, some brain bias. Somebody's already tweeted. So I love this episode of Brain Bias. There
0: we go. <laughs> it's got alliteration quality. To That's it. good. So now, it does. So yeah. now
1: there you go. I'll, I'll come back every time to Holly's tweet and reference what the title of this is. But it's it's brain bias, and you know, race relations is kind of how I was thinking about this coming into it. It's so yep. funny because we looked up what's the definition of race, and there isn't one. I mean, there are just so many different things. It's when people group themselves together, basically.
0: Right. Exactly. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And then make. Determinations based on that grouping, right. which we all do,
2: and think somehow that those are valid.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: right.
0: And we're seeing, a, I mean, a huge section of that with the you know we did three segments on politics, the Democrats and, and Republicans, and they've grouped and they've gotten so polarized, it's just toxic.
2: Boy, I'm glad we talked about that while there was still a Republican Party, because if we had waited like <laughs> six more months, that wouldn't even have been a, yeah, a thing and anymore. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. So now we talked earlier in the show about this TED Talk. um, Vernay Myers. Right. Okay. And you sent that out, and my wife and I got a chance to watch it last night. And I definitely have some things I'd like to say about it. If you would,
0: maybe
2: talk a little bit about the TED Talk. So
0: the name of the talk was How to Overcome Your Biases. So brain bias plays again. And not Uh, that Will has any because he doesn't. But yeah, With a question mark. It's How to Overcome Your Biases. Walk boldly toward them, like that. So essentially, she gives a nice—it's probably 15, 20 minutes um, TED talk, and three main points that she talks about. And she, she's a great storyteller, so it's re- it's entertaining. Um, she's she's African American. She is just upfront about what's going on. She's laid back about what's going yeah. on. She's not offended by these words, and that's the thing she's trying to get people to talk about. Is look, we got to talk about this. I mean, come on, let's just yeah. quit pretending. We're not all the same color. We're not all think the same fuzzy feelings about everybody we know. We have biases, period. What are you gonna do about it? Um, and so she's got three approaches and I'm just gonna summarize and I'm, I'm taking all this from her talk, so it's not, these are not my ideas. I think they're wonderful ideas, I just can't take credit for them. Um, so the first is um, get out of denial. Acknowledge that you have a bias. Um, and while she's giving the talk, uh, in the background, she's got um, images of very successful African American men, and at
2: first, you don't know why. Right? It's You're just like, what is up with these background. pictures? It's just
0: you know, nice no. pictures, uh, and and they're just kind of a, a photo uh, show of no. successful African American men that you all know, everyone knows them. No, and so she says uh, the first step is to get you know get out and i acknowledge you have a bias, and Essentially, to desensitize yourself, and if we get into the biology a little bit later, it her approach is, just spoke to me because it is exactly what we do in the office with someone who has a phobia about something. Yeah, you have to desensitize them to it, and it's the same part of the brain where people develop phobias. It's the same part of the brain that's active when we have a fear of something or a caution. Okay, it's the emotional side. It's the amygdala, which is our alarm center. It's probably the biggest of our emotional center. Most, the, the largest portion of our emotional center is designated for fear because that's what makes us survive. That's right. Okay. And so that's where all this bias begins when we start life and we put things in categories and something negative happens and we, we suddenly develop a bias against it. And that's because we fear something. And so it's, it's the, it is part of our biology. It's there for a reason. But sometimes it gets out of proportion. So I have people coming to me for all sorts of reasons. They have anxiety. They're fearful of something. And it's out of proportion to what's really in front of them. And so part of what we do is we help them con- make a, a cognitive uh, a um, conce- conception of what it is they're afraid of. We talk about it. We, we normalize it. We expose them to it. We, did, we essentially desensitize that amygdala, that part of the brain that's right. hypersensitized so that they're not as fearful well she's talking about doing the same thing desensitize break down your associations and what she says i love it she says stare good black men in the face replace those negative associations you have with positive associations that's right and so just look at them and recognize there are a lot of wonderful African American. She's sp- she's focused on black men because that's, that's right. kind of her topic. But she's. I mean, there are wonderful African American men, and let that become your your go to implicit association with that black face. You know, they, when they bring up a face on that implicit association test, it's just a it's just the center of the face. You don't see the hair or anything. It's just a, the eyes and nose and mouth, and it's just a. A black or white face, essentially. Which
1: kind of made me feel racist.
2: Yeah.
0: It, it, just looking at it. You're
2: like, Although, in fairness, the European Americans also do not look like the sorts of people you'd be like, I want to be friends with that person.
0: <laughs> they're all they very look mean like, looking. Yeah, they look they're, like total they're, they're,
2: Debbie yeah. Downers. Yeah.
0: Kind of a neutral affect, but yeah. I can see they're not smiling. So.
2: Yeah. And by um, the way, the exact same sort of thing that you're talking about that she talked about was the same thing that Malcolm Gladwell talked about when he was discussing how people managed to bring down their, you know, bias level on the IAT. It was like, hey, let's put you in a room. Let's have you spend 20 or 30 minutes just thinking about these role models within the black community and all and, and start to kind of it remind your Yeah, it works. That's Where right. Does it work? That's you right.
0: You can shift your IAT score if, if you begin to make positive associations. That's right. That's not cheating. That would be the goal yeah. of the test is to help you become aware of your associations yeah. and then work to de- disassociate. This from.
2: is like Bart Simpson one time said he, he had aced the test. And he said, I cheated by learning all the answers the night before. <laughs> that's a, no. Exactly. No. So
0: that's your first step is essentially desensitize yourself disassociate your associations um the next step is she talks about it's uh her, her word is move toward black men yes essentially she says in most of the, not many i don't say most but many of the people in the audience were caucasian at the ted talk and so she's saying you know how many black friends do you have in your in your life how many in your social circles Reach out and form relationships.
2: And of course, they all collectively said, Some of my best friends are black. Of course. <laughs> yeah. All in one group <laughs> right. effort. Yeah.
0: Trying to, trying to. But she
2: said, Yeah, you got to get out and make these relationships.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. and it's true. I mean, how can you, you know, change your biases if you don't change your experience? So, for example, the blue and red shirt, you know? Mm-hmm. So put on the red shirt. If you got a blue shirt, yeah,
2: hang out with them for a while, or at least go get a coffee with somebody you know? with a different color shirt. Just yeah, check it out.
0: Yeah. So then, um, the third step was confront the biases of those who are close to you. Yes, relatives, Speak up. friends, say something, because if you don't say anything, it tends to perpetuate. Not tend to it perpetuates the bias, and also you kind of silently condone the viewpoint oh. your viewpoint is very important to your loved ones you may think well i don't want to start an argument i don't want to offend someone you can be Stated, diplomatic about it though. you can be very diplomatic yeah. just state how you feel and say yeah. hey that kind of makes me uncomfortable i don't see it that way what about what i do which is just I no longer go to family functions
1: just those people <laughs> not my immediate
0: family yeah
1: i mean i'm kidding kind of Kind of. Kind of. Uh, but here's the thing. I'm very non-confrontational. I don't want to talk to these people about this stuff. I want to just be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and start living my life over here a little bit. It's just because, like, why? I,
2: yeah. It's but not you, like I'm around him every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, do you,
0: you're doing yeah. it, you know, um, in a roundabout way. You're talking on, you know, public radio about it. So. On the, on, Isn't that you know. weird? I so, will talk I mean, about things so on public radio. You're, you're this sharing is, how you feel. To an to an audience that's going to, you know around the world, right on the on the world wide sure. web. Doctor so. Westfall,
2: I want to make it clear, this is commercial radio. <laughs>
3: this is for I'm profit. sorry, it's not public. It's I'm, commercial. I'm we are being, for making, profit radio.
0: I'm being paid. All about except this. for me. We're making a ton of money. All about money good
2: people now, except for Seth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here is one of the things I'd like to say about this, um, because my wife and I watched this TED Talk um, based on your recommendation, and I'm grateful for it uh, last night, and it really got to me. I was I was kind of you know, I, I was kind of teary at the end of it. Um, I thought it was really powerful. If people have not seen this, I, I highly recommend it. And, and this one, is
0: the same guy who is strongly biased, right? He's very racist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm strong.
2: <laughs> I understand the difficulties. It, it's in the, killing me. Uh, this yeah. whole thing is killing me. No, it really, but you. it really isn't, though. But it is so fascinating. But, but here's what I want to say about it, is that at the end of the TED Talk, one of the emotions I felt really most strongly was a gratefulness but because of the fact that my wife and I are both educators, and it has made it exceptionally easy for me to be able to have relationships with you know black students who I admire greatly. I mean when I think back on, for example, the last school year, right um you know I always one of the things I always do during the school year is pick my favorite students, and my favorite students from this last school year are undoubtedly you know some of my black students some
3: of your best students are black
2: that's right yeah some of my best students are black um but that's the truth of the matter and it made this ted talk made me stop and think man i am really lucky to have that opportunity because most people just walking around it would be awkward like she points out in the ted talk to right. just go up and be like oh look we're gonna have to have a relationship or let's let's chat yeah. but i get to do that on a day in day out basis and um and it's a great thing about education. It's, it's hard for me to understand how anyone who's an educator could have negative thoughts about, you know, based on race. Because when you work with these students and you, you realize, like, all, these, all of these people are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's
1: awesome. And I certainly do, though. You certainly do what? no educators and former educators that are...
2: And that's the thing that's amazing to me. I know that's true. There certainly are plenty of people in education who are, you know, racially biased in ways that are problematic and meaningful. And I don't know how they do that. I really don't know how you interact with these kids and... And come away... And don't realize... Not come away
0: with a a different bias.
2: Yeah, how you don't have those things melt away. If anything, I thought my IAT was maybe going to come out with a strong preference for, you know, African-American and whatever it didn't because i understand some reasons maybe why but it is true i definitely don't feel like i place value right. in right. the those associations and
0: and that's important to understand i mean again if you take the test at, uh, about the race or and as will said there are a lot of different subjects you can take the test on um just to recognize that 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 somehow that association has formed yeah and it helps you become aware of it now you were already aware of it and it may be which might like be part said, of the problem you're aware, you yeah. were so aware of it that you know uh that, that it affected you because you, have to, you had to think okay now what they really want is the opposite of what everybody actually thinks you know and so
2: or just that i think a lot about the fact that man in our country black people are associated with bad that's what i'm saying yeah, yeah. so
0: so now they yeah, that, yeah that's unfortunately because it's been such a topic it becomes associated with yeah. it so that's what i liked about Verne Meyer's approach is just focus on all the good and let that yeah. become your your you know your your focus. So, it's
1: a good thing. I mean, you always hear you need to be talking to your enemy and hearing the, what they say, and that's not saying race other races. No, race, no. But the, I mean, the, if it's well, that people, same. A way, to, a way to
0: word it in, as, uh, in, uh, in this context is out group. Right. The it doesn't. Group. It doesn't connote a positive or negative. It's not the group that you're in. Okay. So the out group. Is we what could say
2: talk yeah. to your public enemy, and if it's a member of public enemy, then yes. <laughs> Dr. what you
1: you yeah. know I don't say things correctly. <laughs> I never say things correctly.
3: Yeah. I think it's important to take a step back here and stop patting ourselves on the back for how not racist we are. <laughs> I, I just want to point that out. <laughs> I'm not racist at all. <laughs> the right. Test proof. Okay, that. the the, the uh, Reed and I in yeah. that case.
2: I, <laughs> Tell me more about that, Seth, because I think that's do you, your point. During you the break, mean? you bigots
3: talk about that's, this. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Good. It'll be just be quick, but uh, but I think again, we mentioned at the beginning of the show that this is four white guys sitting around a table and talking about race and congratulating ourselves on being open-minded. Right. And I and I think that's part of the problem because yeah. uh, if every if everyone who was open-minded was doing something about it, then maybe we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I agree. All right. Let's take it's
1: a quick good
2: point.
3: break. We'll come back with more with Dr. Mark Westfall
2: because it gave me a chance to talk to my other teachers and it was such an interesting way to observe your students outside of a classroom setting and we always kind of assigned them seats in the lunchroom by homeroom or whatever but sure enough anytime you had free seating it was that that basically was the same thing that would happen now I think that there are a lot of ways to explain that. I think we've discussed some of the natural influences that result in that kind of behavior um there obviously are some cultural influences that result in that kind of you know separation um but it is always you know something that's interesting to watch um and you know it, once again I think. And of course, we're right now in a time in our society where you think back in the past 20 years, it's not been uncommon for me to hear people you know, say things like, well, the civil rights movement was so long ago. Like, why can't people just get over it and move on and where things are getting so much better? And I think right now we're getting a lot of reminders that like, hey, this stuff is not anywhere close to as solved as, as a lot of times people want to try
0: to think it is. Well, and, and I think the it's a great points all around. I mean, it's just a, I love this topic. It's fantastic. Um, I don't know that we're ever going to solve people grouping themselves. Right. We're never going to solve that. I don't even know if it needed to be. It was just so interesting to me. I don't think you can solve it. I think it's human nature to group yourselves. I think what we can do, though, is educate all of us ourselves about this process so that we can become aware of our biases and then – Diminish or alter our perception of the out group. Right. Regardless of what that out group is. I talked about the same topic when we were talking about Democrats and Republicans. And I said, you know, we need to get away from this polarization and recognize we're really all in the same gr- bigger group. And when you get leaders who point out differences that point out out groups, that polarizes people. Right. What we want. In leaders of, I'm just talking about the president. I'm talking about leaders in all locales. All facets of life. Corporations, yeah. home, whatever, teachers. You want people who point out people's similarities. What I try to do every time we have a talk is I try to point out the human side of everything. You remember when we had the Republican, Democrat, um, McConnell, and Putman? Mm-hmm. Last, was it last time? I think it was. Before we started the show, they started, they were. Started taking sides out in the hallway before he came into the front of the microphone. My interview style is not to pick out how they differ. It was about they were in the similar scenario of both of them starting in politics for the first time in their lives. They found a commonality. They both were in the military. By the end of the show, they were talking about maybe somehow working together. That is the difference between polarizing people, which is what the media does or a lot of leaders do, versus finding a common ground, and that's what we're talking about. people are going to group themselves. My sons uh, both went to the homewood system, and I'll you know pat myself on the back as Seth says because I picked a system that has pretty good racial a lot of good diversity, diversity within that system but also very well thought of education. I needed both that's right and I, I was you know this this uh, topic's important to me, so I was asking him "Man, what what happens and at lunch he said the same thing. Blacks sit on one side, whites sit on another. He said, and they have, I mean, we have people of all races at our home from their friends, you know, skateboarding and football and soccer and stuff. There was no racial lines, but in the lunchroom, somehow, suddenly, everybody groups, and when you get in larger groups, they go to their safe place, and it's just fascinating how that happens, but I think what we can, so I don't know that we can change that or not, but I think what we can do is change our association's with that out group you're always going to have an out group sec mountain west and not assign
2: negativity that's the thing is not assigning negativity and understanding that it's okay people are different that doesn't mean there's a superiority somewhere exactly you know it it reminds me uh, what we're discussing um you know my favorite author is kurt vonnegut and uh i saw a thing recently where Vonnegut was quoted a long time ago. He's dead now. But having said something that I never thought about before, but he said, he said, I think the reason people liked my books was that I, there was never a bad guy. And I stopped and I was like, wait a second. And thought back through every Vonnegut novel I've ever read. And there's not. He, so he didn't a com- good and bad. No. People he, are complex. He Yeah. He was compassionate toward every, even people who acted horribly in his books. He would kind of explain like, here's why that's happening. Here's why that guy's acting that it. way, and yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah, such a neat idea. Because normally, fiction is based on a protagonist and an antagonist, right, right. and you know.
0: Well, I, I have the 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 luxury of being able to to be led into people's lives during my job, and you know, people of all walks of life come in to talk to me about stuff, and you see the good and bad in everybody who walks through the door, and you you really it really helps give you a, a different. Vantage point and recognize that you know even the guys that you think are, you know, just crooked, they have this this other likable side to them, and the vice versa. The guys that are really good, they have this kind of despicable side to them sometimes. So we're just humans, and we've got good qualities and bad qualities, and so uh, we need to get to know each other and and kind of embrace yeah. all of our qualities. Man, I
1: would love to have your job so much.
0: It's fascinating. I could I tell you I love a lot it. of schooling. But yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really it just seems like it would be one of the most fascinating things
0: you could do. Well, I, I really, I truly, I feel fortunate because people let me into their yeah. to their innermost lives, and and it's uh, you know I don't take it for granted. And it it's been a fun. lot of responsibility. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's I, I just feel um, blessed. I Man, I feel like I, I like really. Some people just they walk in, they just start talking. I'm like, yeah. wow, you're letting me in the inner sanctum. You know, we don't give
1: out. Your like information like hey if you want to see dr westfall and that really was kind of your thing we you know you this is not a paid segment that we do this yeah. is something that we just thought hey this is a really good thing for the show it's entertaining for us it's informative and i used to say like oh here's a website and he said dr mark westfall at some point said hey you don't have to do that or whatever so yeah point, this is not an advertisement for me
0: right. i i, I okay. you know I, honestly I'm, I'm full um i've been doing it 20 something years um full with patients. um i do this because i really love sharing and i love public education um and you know i love stimulating conversation and I, you know you guys are awesome really i'm not saying that i mean it's just it's just fun and and it's not just fun i think it's also i like to think it's it's important um to have these conversations so
2: well one other thing i wanted to get to while we have a few minutes is uh to go back to something seth said earlier seth you mentioned you know like hey one thing we need to do is stop just sitting around and you know patting ourselves on the back and talking about how we're not racist um, I'd like to hear a little bit more from your perspective, Seth, because you're a younger person than we are um, like what what do you mean by that? What do you see as the things that what what do we need to be doing if we stop patting ourselves on the back, which I agree with what do we need to do
3: well again I mean not not only am I not uh, an expert but I'm also a 20 year old white person sure um, but uh, but one of the things that was really important to me growing up was I I went to uh, to middle school in Mountain Brook, and that is not a very diverse place, as most of the listener base will know. Um, and it was really important to me that I get out of there and uh, go somewhere that's more diverse. And like and and like I said, that is sort of patting myself on the back. But I think making making friends with people of that are different than you, and I'm not just saying this is a black and a white person issue. Just getting outside perspective is something that is so important to me and is something that I, I meet people older than me all the time that will say something that don't uh, that they don't realize is not okay and like we were talking about earlier, um, pointing those people in the right direction is really important and um, I, as a young person I, f- I feel like everyone I meet especially at school where you know I go to school in a very liberal liberal place. Um, Everyone I meet is also liberal. But when you come back here, sometimes it's not that way. And I I just think it's important to remember that not everyone is like you. And if there's something that makes you uncomfortable, you have to point that person in the right direction. Not necessarily in a mean way, but try to do that.
2: And really, I would say, and this is what Myers says in her TED Talk, and I would even argue that it's very important that you not do it in a mean way because that's only going to make people defensive. It's very important that you say, hey, once again... Just because you've just said something that I don't agree with, even if it's kind of atrocious, that doesn't mean you're a bad person at the core. But like, hey, I'm I'm willing to like communicate with you about that and give you my opinion. And yeah, yeah.
3: And, and if you're a young person uh, and and you're online a lot, a lot of the things you'll see is people uh, being upset when people are being too politically correct. Yeah. And and it's sort of like a, a movement against that. And and I and I and I think part of that stems because those people are closed minded. But also part of it is that people who have their heart in the right place are not trying to educate they're trying to correct
2: yeah that's a good point and boy the the mention of political correctness i just like would like to mention real quickly an article uh That's so topical right now. I have my students read. It's one of the articles that we read in my class. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote an article within the last year comparing Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. And it was all about the idea of political correctness and what it means and how people get so, you know, like, oh, it's bad to be politically correct. And he does a fantastic job of going through and pointing out political correctness is really just like not being a jerk. Like being sensitive to the idea that, you know what, the –
0: yeah, caring about how the other person hears it.
2: And, yeah, how other people feel. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of yeah, cool. being empathetic, right? Basic how, values. How hard is
0: that?
1: Right.
2: It's a great article. I, I suggest people try to track it down. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar.
1: Bad news. We're out of time. Nah. Uh, which, we a few weeks ago, for the first time, <laughs> since we went at them, I guess, I was like, you know, other shows go late. We'll just run late. <laughs> Whatever. Big nope, mistake. Nope. Turns out it knocked off the whole schedule and commercials got <laughs> dropped and advertisers are mad. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, so we are officially out of time. But good news, this is just the beginning of this talk. We're right. going to do this again and maybe even two more times. We have a, a list of some really fantastic guests that hopefully we'll be able to bring in that are not just four white guys right. sitting in a room. Yeah, uh, Dr. Mark Westfall, thank you so much. Thank Interns. you, guys. Seth, thank you. Uh, thank you to all the listeners and, of course, all of our guests tonight as well. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers.